Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Ain't that the truth? Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, where you know we're like Einstein over here. We're just passionately curious, but with no special talents. Passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? I have several ideas percolating in this gerbil trap of a mind that I possess, man. Let's lay them out. I was thinking a little bit on... Have you ever noticed, and maybe you've already encountered it, two, three times in your lifetime by now. A minor fender bender, and the parties get out. Hey, everyone all right? All cool? Man, I'm really sorry. It's not a big deal. And look how quickly an apology was forthcoming. But have you ever noticed how the bigger the tragedy or the debacle the harder it is to take ownership and or apologize. Hmm. It's like we buy into so much in order to either dismiss that flaw early on, cover it up with the circumstances and or modified behaviors of life, and or we just simply cannot approach it. Because mistakes are a given in life. My new surefire way to avoid that is just simply, you have to look at it in the immediate. And you start talking about it. Hmm. Maybe one party didn't like this behavior. Um, okay, this person feels this way. Well, why did it actually happen? Why did it actually happen? Makes me kind of think when I said the bigger the tragedy, the harder to apologize. What got me on that train of thought was they're trying to allocate Congress, being the ones with the power of the purse, 60 more billion bucks to Ukraine in a lost war. But guess what? You know what these turkeys are saying now? They're saying it. It is for the MIB. The MIB, the military industrial base. They're finally admitting it. And did you know that many of our congressmen own stock, meaning share ownership, and or many are on the boards of some of these respective companies in the military industrial base, which we used to call, and they're also using the acronym DIB, Defense Industrial Base. What we used to know as the military industrial complex, the same one that as he was outgoing as president said, beware 
of the military-industrial complex. And that was our supreme Allied commander during World War II who then set up our good interstate highway system and served as president, uh, mainly on the coattails of winning a war that for a large period of time, all of America, even though it was fought on foreign shores, was entrenched in, had buy-in into. Well, to touch that note, 60 more billion bucks. And when someone made that statement, they were fact-checked by Newsweek. That would actually repair every existing piece of bridge work that we have throughout our entire country, that much infrastructure. We know they're falling apart, but we're ready to send it to Ukraine. I don't know. Maybe we want to expend kind of like uh, FIFO, right? First in, first out in the supply chain. Maybe we want to expend all these, and they're not even antiquated, but older munitions, so we can fire up the factories in Alabama. Yeah, that's great for them, but at what cost? At what cost so we can now replenish stores, test out new things on the proving ground in Ukraine, and, hey, fire up our factories. And when you have a faltering economy, if you can get that rolling, my goodness, well, at least you have some growth, right? It is a colossal game of cat and mouse in a foregone war. And what the congressmen are being told is that if they don't support these uh, these new monetary gifts, because they are gifts, well, then you support Vladimir Putin directly. So they've changed the narrative. And going back to that old Buffalo Springfield song, man, that was great, wasn't it? What I started off with, that was Vietnam era. We actually, I mean, we did everything we could to highlight protesters at that time, but then they started getting a little bit too close at home. And I would say that is when the clampdown on the First Amendment really occurred, because we all know the Vietnam War was a travesty, right? And speaking of those bigger, the tragedies, the harder it is to apologize, isn't Ukraine a little bit like invading Iraq in 2003 under the auspices of weapons of mass destruction whose programs had long since been defunct, not a trace found, and a million Iraqis dead. Man, when you start hiding and covering up things, it just really grows. And then it is really, really hard, as you've heard me mention in previous episodes, to dig out from under all that refuse. It's filthy, it stinks, it's hard to wade back through and get to the very bottom. All I can say is, man... Start digging early on instead of having to dig from the top back down. I tell you what, people are just wondering. I tell you, even Liam Liam Neeson, all of our buddies, right? One of our heroes as he contracted and whether it was with uh, Alphabet Soup Agency or one of our off-the-books enterprises, Man, we love that guy in Taken. I love that fighting style. Of course, it is choreographed. It is cinema. But man, I fell in love with Liam Neeson and Taken from that first doggone knife this army did when he was escorting that gal who was singing um, off the stage and the guy jumped out. 
I knew we were in for some good stuff then, but even Liam Neeson has taken a stab at faith. I just saw him do an advertisement for the Hallow app, and it was good to see him on there. So even Liam Neeson is starting to grow. And I think that's what we should aspire to be in life, is to grow. You hear people, what would we say, lamenting? They're in a midlife crisis. They're having trouble. No, you know what a a good way to look at that would be? I would say at midlife, whatever that is for you, we don't know how many years we're going to be given. But let's say in the 40s, maybe 50, whatever. I'd say at 50, you may be a little bit farther into that. I think at that time, based upon what my big mantra is on this show, that experience trumps everything, you have now accumulated such a large degree of experience. Now, granted, it is your own, and it is based upon your own personal interactions with the world. It is not inclusive of others other than the fact of how they related back to you. But you have a whole new perspective based upon that experience. You see things more clear. You probably now have more contacts than you did in your 20s and 30s. So you know what? Some people look at their life right here at the present and say, man, it sucks. But so many people I hear talk about the good old days. I'd say your good old days are right here. I would say that you can get better and wiser the older you get. And that's how it should be. And so if you're lamenting your past life, well, now's your chance, man. So if you're still stuck saying your life sucked when you were 20 or 30, well, do something about it. Fucking do it now. What's stopping you? All right. Let's change tunes. Let's change tunes. Just put in a little dip, Black Buffalo. I don't know why they're not sponsoring the show yet. They know that I use copious amounts of the product, enjoy it immensely. Maybe we'll get them there. Just put in a pinch down here in my left cheek of Black Buffalo Mint. (sighs) Okay, my nostrils are clearing. I think about the Apostle Paul. That's our pillar of the New Testament. There was no more ardent of a believer and or bulwark of the faith than Paul. But Paul said, and I'll paraphrase, I'm not here to give you a testament of my ability to quote, I don't know, theological virtue or Bible scripture. You can look that up for yourself. And anytime you hear someone espousing Scripture, detailing it to you, go look it up for yourself as opposed to taking the opinion of a fallen man because ultimately men and women twist that for their own device. That's what's wrong with the church. But Paul said, and I paraphrase, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I hate to do, I do. And if Paul is Paul, how could that be such a challenge for him? 
Well, men, it's a challenge for us too. What are we going to do? Kick ourselves in the head over it? Excuse me. It's just part of life. Why don't we take a different perspective on it? Let's fly way up in there in our drones. We know, I don't know if we have any unless they're military grade that go up 30,000 feet, but let's take the proverbial 30,000 foot view. And let's look at some of these things that I believe are holding us back so we can circumvent that quote unquote midlife crisis, begin anew, how we can actually do the things that we want to do and stop doing the things that we do not. (laughs) Men, we can subscribe to a couple of, of, uh, uh, similar but different philosophies. Um, one school of thought being, remember the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nothing requires change. It's working. Why even consider it? Okay. Or you've seen some symptoms. There is some fixing that needs to occur. Let's do... Only what is necessary to get over this hurdle at the time, so it is now working again. And go back to fixing it as fast as possible, no matter what is underlying. And once again, hey, it ain't broke. We don't need to fix it. It's already humming right along. Just like a maquiladora floor, right? Assembly line in an American plant. Well, what I think ends up happening in order to find a fix, you can become fixated on the symptoms of what it is that you find undesirous, the offshoots of something not working at work, how something breaks down. Um, And when you become so solid in the symptoms Those could be the behaviors that are exhibited. It keeps you from fixing it as a whole because oftentimes you just try to outperform in some capacity, whether it's on the job, whether it's in your own family, in a way that will help to alleviate these. I mean, it is easy to spot someone acting a fool out there and say, hey, you can cachet over there. You can judge that behavior. Um, You can then condemn it. Well, condemning is the easiest thing you can possibly do. And if it's something relational, (laughs) condemnation can be done to yourself. You know we've already done an episode on forgiveness, right? Here it is. If your job is to maintain a pipeline at a refinery, um, out in a field, whatever the workplace is, and you keep having to replace valve after valve after valve, you simply cannot outperform the fact that that line has too much pressure on it. And if you're constantly in a relational sense having to mitigate behavior or feelings of unease, something is coming up, well, you can use the same example. Maybe that person simply has an ongoing pressure on them that needs to be alleviated. But checking those valves 
or making someone happy in the moment is not going to, let's go back to what we said, provide an easy obsession with getting something fixed so that we can go back to whatever it is that works and then it no longer requires attention. We like that as men. And in that ongoing struggle to fix whatever those symptoms may be, when it starts deteriorating and not going well, what do we do as men? We attach an anger and or a hostility and or some contempt to that issue. And I think that's what Paul was actually saying. He simply did not understand. And this is the venerable Paul. And we are no different. Certainly no different than Paul. He was as close to Christ as any of us ever will get to be. So what I really believe it's akin to is that when you take that mindset one of condemnation and or then hostility towards something. Well, what that says is, is get away from. You have to find a way to get relational with it because that is what opens it all up. Something obviously is in need of more attention. And the two places I just described are what makes up a whole man's life, right? Family, work, work, and family. And you heard me mention our kids um, in the last episode. You can see this work so well with them. You can take an aspect of condemnation, judging, and you will get a clamming up and or a disassociating. But if you bring into that other word a little bit of grace, meaning you're open and you're willing to receive, that's where patience and kindness come into the picture. And ultimately, that is where the dialogue for change will begin, no matter what the problem is no matter what the problem is. So here's what I have to tell you. Go take a look in the mirror. Take your shirt off, right? It's important for us as men to be physical, to be strong. Are your love handles any bigger? All right, you've got some discernible love handles now, whereby before you didn't have any. Now, it's up to you. If they have grown, you can look at yourself with shame in need of self-help, disgust, right? And you know what you can do? Run and go get you some liposuction. That's readily available these days. It hasn't changed what made them bigger in the first place. Or look at them objectively. Hmm. I know why I have some love handles now. Man, I was just bragging to myself. Uh, I don't know three months ago, saying, I got rid of those suckers. Wife even was pinching less than an inch, and uh, all was good. But they're back. What the hell did I do or not do for them to come? 
It's just simply a journey, man. It's never going to end. There is no destination. Let's keep be complete in the fact that there is no destination. And if you are going to end up destination-based, you will always be disappointed. If you are going to be journey-based, well, then you always have a chance for an opportunity. And there is always something whereby you can do or somewhere that you can go. Until next time on the Comfortable with Chaos podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.